let's turn to Psalm 17 this morning. That's going to be the, the prayer that we're going to uh, launch into our discussion about prayer today. That's going to be the prayer that we look at uh, before we continue to, to look at the question of the importance of prayer, finishing up what we started last week, and hopefully we'll, uh, we'll finish uh, this week before we look even into more into the issue of prayer. Psalm 17, this is a, a, a prayer of David. Uh, and let's, this is, this is part of that prayer, uh, and we may do another part of this prayer uh, at another time, but it's really good beginning prayer. Let's stand in the honor of reading God's word as we learn about prayer and, and read a prayer of, uh, of David. Hear a just cause, O Lord. Attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence, let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of man, by the words of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Let's pray. Father, I pray as with our confession today, that like David, God, we would come to you with lips free of deceit. I pray, Father, that we would come to you with eyes desiring to behold the right. And God, I pray that when you try our hearts, you will find nothing there. That you will test us and find no wrong. That we will be a people that have purposed with our mouths not to transgress. That, Father, we would avoid the ways of the violent and the wicked and that our feet would instead be held fast to your paths so that we might not slip. And so, Father, in light of that, God, we call upon you. Please, Lord, incline your ears to us. Hear our prayers. Show your steadfast love to us, Father, as we run to you, our Savior, the one who saves us from all, your advers all our adversaries. We go to your right hand. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I pray that the Lord will find us today with hearts like that, with, with lips free of deceit and hearts that will have uh, nothing in them from which we should be ashamed. That's why our time of confession is a good time as we begin worship. And so with that, we've, we've started our study on, on prayer and, and what it means, what is prayer. That's how we began, even the question of what is prayer. And we, we talked about why that is so essential to even start the discussion of prayer is to ask really what even is prayer. And that when you look at the words for prayer in Scripture, prayer is, is a very simple definition, uh, one that hopefully we've all sort of uh, garnered by now, that prayer is biblically simply asking God to do something. Uh, it is asking God to do something for us, asking God to do something uh, for creation, ask it, just asking God to do something. But then we ask, if that's what prayer is, and it's so simple. If prayer is just asking God to do something, then why have a study on prayer? 
is prayer essential enough in Scripture for us to talk about? Because remember, it's mentioned 250 times, about, about 250 times that the word prayer is mentioned. Uh, that's out of 31,000 verses, right? So 250 times out of 31,000 verses, over 700,000 words, and only 250 of them are the word prayer. So is that, is that God showing us that prayer is not that important? No, in fact, we're going to see that when the Bible does talk about prayer, that, that it lays great importance on the act of prayer, on the blessing of prayer. And so that's what we looked at last week. Why we can see in those 250 plus mentions of prayer, there is a lot of, there is a lot of significance filled in those verses. So we saw, and I filled in these on your handout so you didn't have to fill them in again. We saw that, that prayer was worth learning Remember, we saw the humility of the disciples. I mean, of all, they've got time with Jesus, and what do they go up to him and ask? They don't say, hey, can you teach us to do those miracle things? Uh, they don't say, hey, you know, we saw what you did with that demon. Could you, was it a wave of the hand? How did that? They come to him and say, hey, Lord, teach us to pray. And again, we, we, something we, we sometimes forget about the disciples, they already knew how to pray. They, they, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't like, Jesus, you're doing this new thing. That you are titling, if I'm not correct, prayer? I mean, they, had, they were, a, they were a, a godly people growing up in, in praying. It was, a, it was something that they would have done from the time they were little. It's something they would have done. Uh, they had probably, even in their lives, prayed for the Messiah to come. Uh, so, but yet, even they still said in humility, Hey, you teach us how to pray. And so we ask that that would be that would be our prayer, right? That we would that would be sort of the motivation for all of this study is Lord, teach teach me to pray, Lord, teach teach us to pray, uh, and so we saw that prayer is something biblically. I mean, I've got this time with the Lord. What should I ask Him to teach me? Disciples said, Hey, it's important to ask Him about prayer. Teach us how to pray. Uh, then we saw that, that prayer is just natural, that the Bible, you know, we saw, you know, you go and you look and the Bible never commands us to pray. Why does the Bible not command us to pray? Uh, I mean, the Bible commands us how to pray. It tells us how often to pray. It tells us all these things about prayer, but it doesn't have to command us. Hey, let me tell you about this thing called prayer. I need you to pray. Why? Because prayer is natural to the human heart. Prayer doesn't, God doesn't have to command us to pray because prayer is this sort of feral instinct of humanity. Uh, we talked about how there are no atheists in foxholes. Why? Because even the most ardent atheist knows at that moment to cry out to God. We saw that prayer is a great blessing. That, that it was the one request of Solomon. Remember we looked at uh, uh, Chronicles 6 and 7, right? Uh, what, what did it say there? Solomon said, I've got one request of the temple that you would hear our prayers. And God says, comes and says, all right, if my people will, will come and they will pray to me, I will hear their prayers. And then we saw, uh, just from the example of Scripture, we saw that Jesus prayed. We saw he prayed a lot, that it was his habit. And then we saw that he taught about prayer. So that's where we stopped as we were moving through the Scripture, teaching us these things. Uh, we stopped at the example of Jesus. But, but with Jesus' example uh, and the other teaching from Scripture, all of that was not lost on the church. 
So when you look at the life of the church, especially the early church, you get what happened after Jesus had modeled these things and the early church is being born and it's flourishing and it's growing. The power of the kingdom is sort of being poured out. You know, Joel 2, all of this is, is going on. When you look at the life of the church, you see that the church picked up the example of Jesus Christ. So the early church certainly knew the importance of prayer. Knew the importance of prayer both from Jesus' actions and from Jesus' teaching. And the early church set the example for the importance of prayer. We're going to see that the early church devoted themselves to praying. How do we know that prayer is important? Because it is something the early church devoted themselves to. Jesus left. He's just set them the example. The disciples are going and teaching them all that Jesus commanded. And what is apparently one of the things that they were teaching? The the church needs to pray. And so when you look at, take for example, just uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 14. When you start to look at what's happening in the early church, you're going to see in many of their actions, one thing that comes up over and over is a devotion to prayer. Acts 1.14, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now, what has happened in, in Acts chapter one, they just saw Jesus ascend into the sky. That's what has just happened. They leave Mount Olivet. After that's happened, they go back to the upper room. And after just seeing Jesus go, whoop, and they're like, all right, let's leave and let's talk about this. And they get back to that room. What do they do? It says they started praying. They devoted themselves. Now it's important. This is not your typical word for devotion. The, the, the word, this word devoted here means to continue strong into something. It's, it's a word for toward and strong. To be strong toward something. They were going to make sure they were strong in prayer. It, it, it's, so so they're, they're, they're making sure that they're not weak in praying. They're going toward it with strength. And so they devote themselves to praying. You see the same thing in just the next chapter, Acts chapter 2. You've got another huge event, not just the ascension of Christ. Now you've got Pentecost. One of the forgotten great things that the the, the church has somehow left off its calendar. The the Holy Spirit is poured out on God's people. You get Peter's rousing sermon, right? That Jesus is the Christ and you killed him. You get 3,000 souls saved. And what does the church do? Acts chapter 2 verse 42. And they devoted themselves. There's that same word. They devoted themselves. They made sure they were strong. And what things? What things did the early church make sure they were strong in? The apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. So the early church, they read the word. They spent time together. They ate together. They prayed together. I hope you're seeing that's why we do Sunday mornings the way we're doing now. I hope you're seeing in that, like this is what, this is sort of the motivation for why we're doing Sunday mornings the way we're doing. They were, the early church was devoted to these things. I think maybe we should devote ourselves to these things. But what was one of the things? They read the word, they spent time together, they ate together, but they didn't just do those things. They devoted themselves to them. And one of the things they made sure that they were devoted to, that they were strong in was prayer. 
was going to God with their requests. Was asking God to act. And again, they didn't just do these things. They were devoted to them. I mean, that's a, that's a good thing to always ask when you read a verse like that is to say, you know, am I devoted to these? Am I devoted to these type of things? Am I making sure that I am strong in them? Not just doing them. That's why I love that the word that, that, that God chose to use for describing this, uh, which is, again, not the common word for devotion, that he chose a word that is about having strength in it. Can you say that you're making sure you're strong in these things? Again, the Christian life is often one of lowest bar, right? What do I have to do to get by? How often do I have to come to church? How much do I have to give? How much do I have to pray? Uh, you know, how many times do I have to go to lunch? Uh, you know, just tell me what I have to do. And here they said they were, devo- they were making sure they were strong in these things. They were devoting themselves to prayer. How important was prayer? The early church devoted themselves to praying. Jesus ascends. What do we do? Pray. Pentecost happens. Blessing is coming. So Jesus ascends. Oh no. What do we do? Think about the difference in the excitement of those two moments. Jesus ends, we're alone again, we're in the upper room, let's lock the door, that sort of stuff. Well, maybe don't lock it. Remember what happened last time we locked it? I don't know. Uh, And what do they do? They pray. Scary time? Prayer. Great time. They're like, the Holy Spirit's being poured out, all these great things are happening, Uh, 3,000 people just became Christians. Like, what do we do? Okay, we need to do this, this, and we need to pray. We've got to do those things. But the early church wasn't just sort of pulling these things out of thin air. Of course, they had the example of Christ. They had the example of the disciples. And the disciples, one of the things the disciples taught us about the importance of prayer is that prayer is a chief duty of those leading the church. How important is prayer? Prayer is one of the chief duties of anyone who's wanting to lead the body of Christ. One of the things you have to do as a shepherd that is an absolute importance for shepherds like Zach and myself is we have to devote ourselves to prayer. Acts chapter 6 verse 24 or 6 verse 2 through 4. It says, and the twelve... Summon the number of the disciples and said, It's not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So what two things did the, I mean, the apostles gather them together and say, look, the apostles, the kingdom of God is going to spread through these men. And it's like, look, this is what we have to do. And what do we have to do? What two things are the apostles going to say are summing up their leadership of the body of Christ, the ministry of the word. And we would all go, well, yes, of course, but also prayer. They devoted themselves to the word, but they also devoted themselves to prayer. Same word. Same word that we saw earlier in Acts chapter 1. Same word we saw earlier in Acts chapter 2. Same word. We must be strong in prayer. We must be strong. We've got to give our time. We can't go do that. We've got to lift weights in prayer. 
in the ministry of the word. That's where we've got to be strong. As leaders of the church, this is how important prayer is. We've got to preach the word and we've got to pray. So how important is prayer? Apparently, the, the disciples, through the teaching of Jesus, the example of Scripture, knew it is one of the chief things, one of the chief duties of anybody who would lead the church is give them the word and pray. Devote yourself to prayer. You better be strong in prayer. But prayer, well, the good thing is, now that you've heard that, you know you don't have to pray unless you're a pastor, right? Uh, And so now you're like, well, it seems like you and Zach should be the only ones listening to this sermon. The great thing is, not surprisingly enough, prayer isn't just important for the church's leadership. The Bible also tells us that you're not off the hook. Prayer is the duty for everyone in the church. Prayer is, is, it might be a chief duty for those shepherds, but why is it a chief duty for the shepherds? Well, several reasons. One is because they're supposed to set the example for the rest of the church, and it is the duty of the church to pray. Remember, we saw in Acts 1 and in Acts 2, it said that the early church devoted themselves to prayer, and then Acts 6, that the apostles devoted themselves to prayer. Well, those same apostles didn't just see prayer as a priestly or pastoral act. As the New Testament continues, we find out that all of the church is supposed to be devoted to prayer. And we miss it sometimes in our English translations. I want you to read Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Look at what Paul told the Romans. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Now, we read that and we think, see, Paul is telling them they need to pray a lot. They need to be constant in prayer. They need to to pray a lot. But that word constant is actually the same word as devoted in Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 6. The same word. That's why I I don't really like that it's translated be constant there. Because I think it misses, hey, they're just telling you to do what the early church did. Which is be devoted in prayer. Be strong. Make sure you are going toward strength in prayer. Be devoted to prayer. Paul is calling all of the church to be as devoted to prayer as pastors are to be devoted, as the early church was to be devoted. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be devoted in prayer to prayer. But that's not the only time Paul says it. In fact, when he's talking to the Colossians, he has the same thing in Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Again, guess what that word continue steadfastly is? Actually, one word in the Greek, and it's the same word translated devoted in Acts chapter 1, translated devoted in Acts chapter 2, translated devoted in Acts chapter 6, should be translated devoted in Romans chapter 12, and you can translate it devoted, or at least right in your sides, devoted uh, in Colossians chapter 4, so that you can remember this is a theme, Right? This is the thing. This, you, you don't want to read Romans 12 and go, okay, we should be constant in prayer. But then Colossians 4 says we should continue steadfastly in prayer. Because if you do that, what you're going to be doing is saying that God's making two different points. When actually he's using the exact same word, our translations are just making that less clear. What's the one point that he's making? He's not making a point of, you know, we need to be constant in prayer. And, you know, we also need to continue steadfastly. And here's what steadfastly, man. You know, I've, I've heard sermons like, like that and examples like that. You know what this is? Be devoted, be devoted, be devoted. Acts 1, be devoted. Acts 2, be devoted. Acts 6, be devoted. 
Romans 12, Colossians 4. What is the church supposed to do? The church from the top down, from beginning to end, is devoted to prayer. That's how important prayer is. They are to be devoted to it, to be persistent, to be steadfast in turning for God to act. They're to pursue these things. The church as a whole is commanded to be strong in prayer. Now, why is that important? Because we're going to kill something today. That idea is the idea of prayer warriors. We're going to kill prayer warriors. You know why? Because that makes it seem as if some people are supposed to be strong in prayer and other people are not strong in prayer. But this word be strong, be devoted is one that's supposed to encompass all of the church. Not certain people, not just prayer warriors, because that makes it seem like prayer is something that some people are sort of called to or can be good at and other people not. It's not a biblical term. You bring me a verse from Psalm that says, and David was a prayereth warrior. You know, you know what a prayer warrior is? It's just a kind way of saying that's someone who isn't cold, lazy, and proud. That's all a prayer warrior is. Someone who's not lazy. Someone who cares enough to do it. But, but what would happen is, is when we attach a word like prayer warrior on it, what we're trying to do is hide our own disobedience by pinning a ribbon on someone else's obedience. Instead of realizing the Bible says all of us are supposed to be strong in prayer, instead of going, why am I not strong in prayer? We go, oh, thank goodness this person is. I'll put my strength ribbon on him. When really... I mean, you can say, instead of saying he's a prayer warrior, you can say he's actually the only one who cares enough to pray about things. A real prayer warrior. I don't care enough to actually pray. uh, So you should probably tell him about it. Oh, she's the only one who thinks we actually need God. Right? I'm kind of proud. I don't think we need God. She does. She's a prayer warrior. No, again, that's not true. You're just a doofus. You're just lazy, cold, and indifferent. You are not strong in what you should be strong in. And don't look at someone else's strength and heap that upon them when instead you should be the one saying, why am I not strong in this when the Bible commands me from beginning to end to be strong? The entire church is called to be devoted, to be strong in prayer. Not a select group, not certain individuals. You, you are commanded to make sure you are strong in prayer. And if you are not obeying the Lord, then ask why. Why am I not strong in prayer? Is it because I don't care enough? If it is that, that I don't care about other people, I don't care about things, I only think about me, then repent of that and be obedient. If you realize it is just because I'm lazy. If it's because you realize that you're proud and you just don't think about it, how much you need the Lord. Or how much the church needs the Lord or how much the Lord can help this situation over here, that situation. over there, Then repent of those things and get strong. The weak person doesn't just look at the strong person and say, here, I bought you a gym membership. 
The weak person realizes, if I need to be strong in this, I better get strong. Well, Christian, the Bible tells you, you are supposed to be pushing yourself toward being strong. That's that word devote. That's literally to strength. You need to be pushing yourself to be strong in this. You can't be pawning it off to anybody else. The Bible never allows that. Never. You want to resurrect the term prayer warrior? It's something we're all supposed to be. Because we're all supposed to be strong in prayer. The church is supposed to be devoted to that as a whole. That's how important prayer is. It is something, it is a duty for the entire church. It is something we're all supposed to be strong in. And for some reason, through, through Christian nomenclature or through just the general culture of the church, we've allowed ourselves to think that being weak in prayer is okay. And we've, we've grabbed onto things that like, are almost like Christian Enneagrams, right? Uh, like, oh, he's a prayer person, and this person is a Bible person, and this person... No, I mean, when you go, when you go to Acts chapter 2, it's not like, and such and such apostles devoted themselves to the, to, the, to the teaching of the apostles, and such and such members of the church devoted themselves to prayer. And some people really liked eating with other people, so they devoted themselves to breaking the bread. Uh, and some people, it doesn't do that. It says all the church made sure they were all strong in all these things. You got to be strong in prayer. Bible commands it. And God's going to equip you to do it. So prayer is also important in some things. Uh, These are more quick bulleted ones. I say quick, you never know. Uh, Prayer is so important that your church and the church is supposed to be so devoted to it that prayer is not supposed to stop. You're not supposed to cease it. So uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, Scripture makes the point of saying, hey, make sure that you pray, that you ask God, that you ask God without ceasing, that you never stop asking God to do something. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Always to pray. Don't ever quit. As Christians, we're never supposed to quit asking God to act. God comes to us and commands us. How important is prayer? I don't want you to ever stop. I don't want you to ever stop asking me to do things for you. I don't want you to ever stop asking me to act. Asking me to prove that I am God. To show my steadfast Love to show the things that David talked about in that prayer in Psalm 17. So prayer is important because we're not supposed to stop. Prayer is also important. You can see the importance of prayer in that it supersedes other also important things. So the Bible will actually tell us that here are some good things that you would think those are very important for the church to do. And the Bible will come and tell us prayer is more important than those. Take, for example, what we saw in Acts chapter 6. We, we saw, sorry, Acts chapter 6, the leaders had devoted themselves to prayer. But, but look at the important things that they were giving up in order to pray. So look at Acts chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. 
And the 12 summoned the full number. And now we get to this. The 12 summoned the full number of disciples and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men full of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we shall appoint to this duty, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. So think about the important thing that's not happening. Widows are not being taken care of. Now, why is that important? If you've read anything in the Old Testament at all, you know that's a pretty big issue, right? That's like damnation of the nation type stuff. Yet the apostles know that it is not right. It is not right for them to take up that task. They know that they instead are to give that task to others because they are supposed to be devoted to other things, which is, in this case, the word and prayer. So here you've got a very important thing. Widows not being taken care of. We need this issue addressed. You would think of all times for the, like this is stuff that the prophets spoke about. And this is stuff that that the apostles would say, this is, this is what we're here for. I'll tell you this. This is what many people in the church will say that the apostles should have said. This is why we're here. We're here to serve these widows. And the apostles said, no, no, no. We've got to be devoted to the ministry of the word and to prayer. Not saying that taking care of the widows aren't important at all. It obviously is. They didn't brush them off. They made sure it was taken care of by very faithful, godly men who would do it right But the apostle said, we're supposed to be devoted to this instead. In in, in 1 Corinthians 7, this is the interesting one, right? 1 Corinthians 7, Paul is dealing, as is the case in Corinth, if you'll remember back from six years ago. uh, Paul is, you're all pulling your notes out. Where's my six years ago notes? Um, Paul is dealing with these selfish and and self-centered Corinthians. Uh, and, and, and notes, he notes about how selfish they are even, uh, and that selfishness has even made its way into the Corinthian bedrooms. And so in first Corinthians seven, Paul has to instruct them not to withhold their marital rights from one another. Like that's how selfish it has become. They are withholding one of the great blessings of marriage from one another. He says, don't ever, don't ever do that except to pray. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 5. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time, so that you may what? So that you may devote yourselves to prayer. But then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So the only thing that could possibly be more important then husbands and wives not forsaking one another would be for them to take time to pray together. So he's laid a pretty strong statement down here. Don't you do this. Your body's not yours. It's hers. Your body's not yours. It's his. Don't you do this unless you agree to do it so that you can devote yourselves to prayer. This is super important. It's Satan's going to use it. He's going to tempt you. Your lack of self-control will get you. It's very scary stuff. So don't mess with it unless you're going to take time to pray. And even then, only for a limited time. So here you've got Paul saying this marital bond is absolutely important. Whatever you do, don't forsake it. 
unless you're going to pray together. That's how important prayer is. Don't you dare do this. Don't you dare sin this way and entice your partner to sin and yourself to sin. Unless you're going to take the time to pray together. Now, why are Christians so devoted to prayer? Well, part of it is because one of the reasons prayer is so important is because prayer is powerful. There's great power in prayer. Why is prayer important? Prayer is, prayer is powerful. Mark chapter 9, here's just a couple of examples. We're going to get more in depth into the great power of prayer biblically, right? Because there's a lot of people that tell you about the power of prayer and then just sort of use examples from their lives or whatever. We're going to go to the Bible. The Bible already tells us how powerful prayer is. Here's one from Mark 9. Jesus. So in Mark 9, Jesus is coming off the mountain uh, with, with Peter, James, and John. Uh, and, and they come to the disciples and the disciples, there's this argument, remember, between the disciples uh, because they couldn't cast out a certain demon. Remember that instance, Mark 9? If you weren't in the Mark study with Zach, you missed out. Uh, it'll happen again. 30 years, is that the schedule? 30 years, he's going to go through Mark again uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, but in, in Mark 9, what does Jesus say? Mark 9, 29, he said to them, this kind... This kind of demon, this kind of unclean spirit, to probably use Mark and language, cannot be driven out by anything. By anything. What? But prayer. So disciples were, they were trying to exercise their power instead of relying on the power. In other words, this, can't, this thing can't be taken care of except by asking God to do it. If you remember what the word prayer is, it becomes less of this mantra that the disciples have to learn to speak and then you end with Jesus' name at the end of it and that's where the power comes from. It becomes less of a mantra and more of a, you guys can't do this, but God can. This this type of thing is not driven out except by you asking God to do it. You coming to God with your, your wish. And, and the Bible's clear, prayer has always been a powerful weapon for God's people. James, James chapter 5, right? We always get so confused sometimes at James 5 that we miss what it's trying to teach about the importance and power of prayer. We want to know about all these other sort of minutiae in James 5 about what's going on. But listen, and just see the power of prayer here. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone, um, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. The Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah, this is an example, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. So you're not that different from Elijah. Now you're not John the Baptist level Elijah, but you're not different from Elijah. Uh, Elijah had a nat- was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. Imagine asking God over and over that it wouldn't rain. And what happened? And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. So, so when you and I go to the Lord, there is great power in our asking God to do things. There is pow- power to help the suffering. There's power to heal the, the sick. 
power to, power to save the sick, power to, to heal. Perez has always had great power. I mean, he's saying your prayers today are just as powerful as the prayers of Elijah. That power has always been true. God has always, why? Because God hasn't changed. Prayer has always been, prayer is not some sort of Christian superpower that is leveling up. Prayer has always been going to God and God has always been powerful. And if God has always been powerful, when you go to the most powerful person in the universe and ask him to do something, the response is always powerful. It might not always be not raining for years, but there is always power behind it. I mean, think about it. If the God of the universe were to drop a note card and set it here, we would probably be like, what? I mean, if he just put a note card there, because if God, if God does anything, it is a powerful and gracious thing done on behalf of his people. There's always power in prayer. Not because of prayer itself, but because of who it is that we are or whom it is or to whom it is that we are praying. I want to get my preposition stuff right. Prayer is, we can also see the power of prayer in the last thing. Uh, prayer is so important that the Holy Spirit helps us to do it, right? So you're like, I'm not very strong at prayer. When can I start figuring out how to pray? Prayer is so important for the person of God. And we, like these sort of, you know, toddling babies, are trying to figure out how to do it. And often we don't pray because we're afraid we're going to mess it up. Now, part of that is because what we've been taught about prayer, we need to shuck all of that and just realize that prayer is just asking God to do something. If we make, if we go back to the basics, what the Bible lays down and we're not, we get rid of sort of Roman Catholicism and mysticism and all that. And we just say, Hey, I want to know how to ask God, you know, and you, I want to do it right. And when we do that, you know, you know, who's there helping us to make sure that we do it right, as if doing it right is a, is a thing. You know who's there helping us, giving us the words to say? The Holy Spirit. Look, for example, at Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Notice it doesn't say, and this is where, again, it's helpful to learn why we need to make sure we're strong in this. It doesn't say there might come a time when you don't know what to pray. There might come a time where you need the Spirit to help. There might come a moment where you don't know what to pray for and the Holy Spirit will help you. I mean, that's certainly true. This is saying that time is also always every prayer. I mean, we don't, we don't know. I mean, we don't get it, right? We do not get how weak we are. We do not get how much we need him. We are still living in the shadow and we are waiting for the face to face. And in the meantime, who is it that helps us in our toddling? Who else? Who is it that helps us in our gibbering prayers? The Holy Spirit. Prayer is so important that God sends his Holy Spirit to help us do it. We don't pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep 
for words. So when we, when we are weak and we don't know how to pray, rather than leaving us sort of flailing in our weaknesses, says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. But when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit fills out, fills out our groanings that are, that are too deep even for words. That's how important prayer is, that God helps shape the words of our heart as we cry out to him. You're afraid you're afraid you're going to pray wrong? Good. That's okay. You know what God promises you? The Holy Spirit will help you as you pray. He will make sure that you are able to pray. He will give you groanings even too deep for words. How important is prayer? The Holy Spirit. God sends the Spirit himself to help us pray. Think about the great power and blessing that that is. The Holy Spirit that dwelt in the temple that the, the, the high priest could go into, right? Once a year sort of stuff. That Holy Spirit, that they're like, I can't believe the Spirit of God has descended on this building in Jerusalem. That Holy Spirit is helping you to pray because prayer is that important. So that's just a list of some reasons. Uh, about why prayer is important. Let's go to some application from today. We looked at application from last week's. Uh, What can we take with these points that we've seen today and how can we turn them into our hearts and make sure that we are being uh, obedient to the word? The first thing is to ask yourself, are you devoted to prayer like the Bible says you're supposed to be? Are you making sure that you are strong in prayer? This is what I mean, and, and not, and this is what you need to do. This is why there's no such thing as a prayer warrior, there, and there's no such thing as a praying church. There's just church, and God's people pray. God's people in every church, everywhere, from the beginning to the end, are supposed to be an entire people being strong in prayer. Now, people can define what that looks like. We we have to make sure we let the Bible, not our modern culture, guide what it looks like to be a church devoted to prayer. But the church must be. We must be a people committed to asking the Lord to work in this world and on our behalf. We must be a people who are strong in that. And, And when I say that, realize I mean us as a whole. But I also mean you individually. Because we will not be a church devoted to prayer until we are all being strong in prayer. What we can't do is say, okay, we've got this many people who are obviously strong in prayer, so we're good. Unless the this many people is all the people. Do not let yourself off the hook by thinking that prayer is a spiritual gift of somebody else. You're supposed to be strong in prayer. You are. And, and I think it is the craft of Satan himself to deceive the church into thinking that prayer is something that only part of the church does. When the Bible tells us it is something that we are all supposed to make sure we are strong in. The Bible, the, Satan would love for us to have a strong arm and the rest of the body to be atrophied when it comes to prayer. But the rest of the body looking at that arm and going, man, what an arm. While the rest of the body looks like it skipped leg day 
for the last 50 years. Be a people strong in prayer. That is what God is commanding of you. That is the example set by Christ, by the church, by the apostles, by the early church. Then the apostles told all of the church, said, you've got to be devoted to prayer. You've got to be strong in it. The Bible is not silent on this and it does not cut any slack. It is something we are all supposed to be. Prayer is the church's job. And prayer is to be a top priority for us as a church and us as a people. It is something we as a church are supposed to be devoted to. It is so important that prayer needs to be one of your top priorities as well. It can, it can scripturally supersede other things that the Bible says, if you don't do this, it's a sin. Well, except to pray. I mean, prayer is, ama- I mean, prayer is amazingly important. It's, it is a top priority. It is powerful. The Holy Spirit is behind it. So prayer is something, if you're in your life and you're saying, well, I've got all these things I need to work on, right? We are, you know, this is one of the great things about as we walk through the Bible, as we preach through prayer, we, we, you know, we preach through 1 Peter, 2 Peter. Hopefully you're not lacking for things to work on in your life, right? Hopefully you're not going, man, we just haven't had anything for the last few months that I need to change. Uh, but do you know one thing that the Bible says you need to put as a top priority? This. Of all the things that you can work on in your life, let me tell you, this is the thing you move to the top. This is the thing we've got to make sure that we are strong in, and that begins at the individual level. That begins with you. The good thing is, the same one who told you you got to be strong in this, is the one who gave you the Holy Spirit to help you be strong in it. Is the one who gave you the Holy Spirit to help you in your what? What word did he use? Help you in your weakness. You might not feel strong. You might not feel devoted. But this is such a top priority for the people of God that God commands it, he gives the example of it, and then he equips you to do it. So have confidence. You want to know how to be strong in prayer? You want to, to be devoted to prayer? First way to start out, God, help me to be strong in prayer. That's the first step. That's the first rep. And you'll spend the rest of your life being stronger and stronger, more and more devoted, and seeing the Lord continue to do amazing things. One of the great, thing, one of the great things that's happened from this time together, people are praying and asking God to do things. And you know what's amazing? God is doing them. And people keep coming to me. They kept, it felt silly so long ago to ask God to do this and that. I said, but I, I've been asking God to do all these things. And then he does something. And I'm like, <gasps> ask, go to the Lord. Ask over and over, continue to ask the Lord, get strong in it and see the Lord do amazing things. No one ever gets strong in prayer and says, that kind of seems like a waste. The people who are strong in prayer, you know what they want to do more of? Not go to another subject. (laughs) They want to pray more. As you get strong in prayer, you know what you're going to want to do more? Pray more and pray more and pray more because you know what you're never going to get tired of? Seeing God answer. Seeing God act. You never get tired of that. Some of us don't get to see it as much as we should because we're not doing it as much as we should. 
we're not as strong as God commands us to be. You can be strong in prayer. You can be a person devoted to prayer. In fact, we must be. So let's pray and ask God to help us be that very thing. God, we come to you today. Our Father, who in your kindness, God, I mean, we spent all of last week looking at how important prayer is, Father. And I'm so thankful that it is, that it is natural for us to want to pray, to cry out to you, to ask you to act. And, and God, I'm so thankful that you, are, you use those natural inclinations and you craft them. And Father, I pray that we would be a people strong in prayer, that we'd be a people devoted to prayer. That we would be all of, the, all of the things that we saw in Acts chapter 2. That we'd be devoted to the teachings. That we'd be devoted to the breaking of bread. That we'd be devoted to fellowship. And that we'd be devoted to prayer. Prayer is what we're focusing on right now, Father. We have read your word. We are going to fellowship in a moment. We are going to break bread together in a moment. Like your church has done since the beginning. And we are coming now and praying together. We never want to have a time, Father, where we do this, where we don't make sure we come to you and ask you to work. Where we forget to ask you. So we've read your word. We, we're doing all these things. We're so encouraged. We're, but we forget that if any good is going to come of our time together, I love that it's we've got all these things that the church does. And at the end, they, they recognize. But we need God to make all of this accomplish what it's here to accomplish. So God, I pray today that, Father, you would make us strong in prayer, that you would help us to be devoted to praying, that we would be the church, that we would be a praying church because that's what the church is. This is what the church always has been. A church that is not a praying church is just not a church. They're a conglomeration of people who think they can do it on their own. And that needs no faith. That we would be prayer warriors, all of us. Not some of us, not a select few, not a, a one or a two or a three. That we would realize prayer warrior is what we're all supposed to be. Strong in prayer. So help us to take up that mantle that we have so often cast upon others in our arrogance, pride, laziness, whatever. Even just being deceived. Help us to realize that strong is what we are all supposed to be. And Father... We ask that you would send your spirit to help us when we are weak. That you would send your spirit to help us when we don't know how to do what we want to be strong at doing. And when we in our homes feel weak in our prayers, may your spirit come and give us strength and give us the words that, that our very souls might groan. And know that even in that, Father, you hear and you know and you act. Give us the faith to pray. And Father, we ask these things knowing that we are asking what you already promise that you will do. What confidence what faith, there's no double-mindedness in us. We know, God, that you will be faithful. And so we ask and we wait. 
patiently, diligently, steadfastly, and confidently in our God and Father. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.